Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for helping us to lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of nothing to receive with meekness your engrafted word, who is able to save our souls. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you that your will is being done in every aspect of our lives. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we commit this meeting and this discussion, we pray. And may Christ alone be exalted in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank God for another opportunity. We thank God for the gift of life. We thank God for not giving up on us. We thank God for qualifying us to see another day, another week, and another year. And we are continuing our series. I think yeah, this is the fourth part or the fourth prayer for the series we are doing that six prayers that God wants us to pray consistently in the year 2021. And last week, we ended off on a very important one, that nevertheless, not my will, that your will be done. And it's very important. It's very important because how you use your will is the basis of judgment. So I said last week that when you approach God, when you go to the Bema seat, all that God is going to ask that the gift of a will I give to you, how did you use it? So if God is going to be intruding your will all the time, then there is no reason for him to judge you. After all, he's the one causing you to do what you're doing. And we stated that the scary thing about this is that your will doesn't just affect you, but it affects every other life connected to yours. And in some instances, it affects every other life associated to yours after the time you are taking that risk or you are taking that decision, sorry. So if you're a bus driver, and you decide to take in alcohol in huge quantities before undertaking a long journey, they are putting into jeopardy the lives of the people in the bus. And if you should get an accident and people should lose their lives, never for once think that when you stand before God that day, you will let such things go. But many of us don't appreciate the severity of these things. So we are really taking very, very careless decisions in life. Very careless decisions. There was a story of some time ago when I was on campus. A friend of mine, he was not from a wealthy background, but by God's grace, he was able to make it to final year. And after that time, he was a TA. Yeah. And was able to save up a bit of his allowance. He was able to afford a very decent mobile phone. So the friend phone, he released it. And in the evening, he went to pray at the park. It wasn't even that late. And he was coming back to his room. Just before he could negotiate the cave, heading towards his place of abode, Two men on a motorbike stopped him. And they told him, hey, bring me all that you have. I was like, oh, he went to pray. He has only 50 pesos. And the guy was angry. And the guy took out the cutlass and slashed his hand. Or scratched, not that he took his hand off. <laughs> like, cut his hand. Or give him a scar, <laughs> if I should say. Don't think that he removed the hand off. And the guy was angry. Like, ah, young man like you are working with only 50 pesos. Like, empty everything in your pocket. When they forced him and they took his brand new mobile phone brand new mobile phone somebody who has been struggling all his life to get a smartphone and he was like 
as the person took off and he was holding his arm that was bleeding all he did was to breathe a deep breath ha <sighs> and he what the people will not realize is that my friend might not have said anything with his mouth but the pain that these people have caused him in his heart don't think that this thing goes for free so if you are a gentleman and you are toiling and you are having a few day with the emotions and the bodies of people don't think that these things goes for free Well, the scary thing is that you may cause somebody pain, and the consequence of that pain you will cause somebody may affect lives after you. That is why innocent people are born into this world, and there's already a fight waiting for them because how the people ahead of them choose to use their will is affecting them. So David says that I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. So you're you using your will to accept. the righteousness which is the gift of god which is accessed by faith you become a righteous man so you using your will to accept the gift of righteousness you are not going to be forsaken and the effect of that is not just about you even your children will never beg for bread because of how you are choosing to use your will and it's very important most of you are in situations because of your parents because of your grandparents because of the family you are born into you are born with certain genetic defects because several years ago people took certain decisions that's how serious it is many people are in battles because of people's will and what you just need to understand is that god doesn't force anybody and i remember i always have this issue with i like to call our modern day evangelists i remember one day i was among certain christian brethren we were discussing compelling people and akazo compelling people to come and i raised the point that never did i see jesus force or compel anybody to follow him Jesus would just walk by the seashore of Galilee and you look at somebody a fisherman and say leave your boat and follow me. Then that's all. There's sometimes that people came to him and asked him that master what must I do? A young rich ruler came to him and he said that sell all you have and follow me. The man looked at Jesus and walked back. And the Bible never told that Jesus went to chase the man. Oh you come 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 you I need follow. So you come no worry. Sell half and follow me. Jesus let him go. There are many people who approach Jesus. Some people came. That was what I do. How can I be? What is the greatest commandment? All those things. And when Jesus gave the answer, a lot of them walk away. In John chapter six, after Jesus gave a very hard message, almost everybody left his church. He left to the twelve disciples, and he looked at them and said, "Peter, will you people also go?" And Peter said, "To whom shall we go to? For you have the words of eternal life." So Jesus let people go, but our time. <laughs> we would carry you to church it's good i'm just putting it out there it's not that bad it's not forced anybody we just present you the offer the key of life and the key of the knowledge of good and evil he tell you which one to choose that's the generosity of god he would leave you without advice without counsel he tell you which one to choose yet still the decision lies on you that is why paul said that it is god that works in us both to will and to do according to his own good pleasure so god knows that if he wants to get you to do something he doesn't force you But what does God do? He works on your will. He lures you. He tries to appeal to you. He works in you. He gives you that edge, that hunger, that yearning for something. But God will not override your will. So God is going to work things in you. God is going to work in you to hunger for the word, to hunger for his presence, to hunger to do the right thing. And I pray that God will do that in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So tonight we are going to our fourth prayer topic Ephesians chapter 3 the verse number 20 now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly 
above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let me read another version. Let me use the ISV. Now to the one who can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that is working amongst us. Um, let me read another version. Let me see the easy English. God is able to do so much more than we can ask. He's able to do so very much more than we could even think. He does such great things because he works so powerfully in us. Let me read the last one. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, we want to just focus on the last part. You know, the Bible is saying that God does things. And it says not just the things you ask of, but the things you think of. So if you can think of a billion cars, God can do a billion times more than that. So some prayers are just imaginative prayers. So some prayers, not every prayer that you say with your mouth, you let me not go there. <laughs> so, but the hint is this, that God does these things according to the power that is working in you, not according to the power that is resident in you. This is very important. Now, the Greek word for according that was used there is katar. And katar simply means according or along or down from. Those are the three words that the same, the word katar gives you. So let me use these three words in the passage. It's going to be like this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think, according to the power or along with the power or down from the power that works in us. You know what the prayer topic is? Very soon. So the Bible is telling us that God does things in us or God does things for us. But the things that he's doing or that he's going to do in your life, he will do it according to the power that is working in you, not the power that is resident in you. So having the Holy Spirit, his coming brings power into your life. You know in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Initially, we are going to pray about the Holy Spirit. That was the first topic I had in mind. But then God drew my mind to the fact that believers know the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues. Some of us have varying levels of relationship with Him. But the issue is that the reason why we are not able to do or we are not getting the results we are looking for is that we are not accessing the power which the Holy Spirit brings when He comes upon you. Because Jesus said that when he comes and you shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come. So when the Holy Ghost is coming, his twin or his bestie is called power. And the Bible is telling us that God is going to do things in your life according to that power. Not the power that is resident, but the power that is working in your life. And power is simply the ability to do things. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to give you the ability to be a witness of Jesus. He's going to give you the ability to be a son of God. He gives us the power to live the Christian life. That's what he does. That's one of the things he does. That when he comes, he's going to give you an ability to love the way Jesus loves. So as we all know the truth. Because remember in Hebrews, a scripture in Hebrews does that a time is coming, I will write my laws upon the hearts of men and nobody will have to teach anybody that this is the will of God. So we know the will of God, but the issue is that we don't seem to have the energy, the ability, the power to execute the will of God. So we know we are supposed to forgive. 
but we just don't seem to gather the energy to forgive. We know we are supposed to not envy people, but one way or the other, we don't have the strength to overcome. We know we are supposed not to compare ourselves with people, but we just don't seem to find the energy to do so. That is because the power that the Holy Spirit has brought into your life is resident. It is, let me go a little bit, science or physics. I remember they taught us this in physics. Potential energy and kinetic energy. <laughs> so if you are not a science student, but I think in the science you do this. But potential energy, as the name is potential, is something you have the capacity to do. But the kinetic energy is the working or the energy that is in motion. So the coming of the Holy Spirit brings a power upon your life. But that power is potential energy. There is something you must do to transfer that potential energy to kinetic energy. And that is our prayer topic. How to transfer that potential energy to kinetic energy. Because God is going to do things for you according to that kinetic energy in you. Down from the power that is working in you, along the power that is working in you, according to the power that is working in you. I read the Greek word as kata. So now we want to know how do we change that potential energy to kinetic energy. John chapter 7, verse number 38 and 39. Now there was a story when Jesus was going to, um, I think it was a festival or it was the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles. And interesting, his brothers were like, ah, now you, Mr. Showman, <laughs> you want to be popular and there's a big feast going on in town. If you want to be popular, this is the right time for you to go. And Jesus was like, for you people there, you think every time is the right time to do things. There's a timing and a season in the calendar of heaven. So you don't just wake up and do things. So the Bible said that his brothers took a leave, but he decided to stay behind. But the Bible said that later on, he went. And that is, is, is an important lesson for us to learn about that. That's not our discussion for tonight. So as the feast was going on, a time came that he stood up and he spoke amongst them. Now in his speech or in his delivery or in his presentation, he said something in John chapter 38 and the verse number 39 that I want us to take note of. So let's start from the verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man tests, let him come to me and drink. The verse 38. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. The verse 39, and it's in it's into brackets, that this he spoke of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus is giving a speech, and he gave a fantastic speech in the preceding verse, that I'm going to a place that you cannot follow me. And the people are like, hey, where is he going that we cannot come? Is he going to die? And they made all sorts of funny terms. But on the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and made this profound statement that let anyone who is thirsty come of me and drink. And the verse 30 is that he that believes on me, as the scripture has said. I think one day we will do a series title, as the scriptures have said. Very powerful. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. But the writers gives us a very important hint or a very, very important insight in order for us to understand what these living waters are talking about. And he said, this he spoke he of the spirit which shall be given to those who believe. 
And the reason why they are not received the Spirit after that time, even though some of them believed, was because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So now Jesus is giving us a very important illustration to understand the workings or a role that the Holy Spirit plays. And he's saying that the coming or the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believers is like that of rivers of living waters in us. So when you believe on him and you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit becomes a well or a river of living water in us. Now remember that we are studying on how to turn that resident energy in us into a working energy in us. How we can tap of the power that the Holy Spirit has brought into our lives. How we can turn that potential energy into kinetic energy. And Jesus is giving us a hint that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is like as that of rivers of living waters in us. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he's come to bring living waters in us. So now the issue is how do we access the riches or the power that is resident in the rivers of living waters? How do we access it? And the answer is simple, by damming the river, that's all. So for example, in Ghana, we have, um, I believe, the largest man-made lake, that's the Akosombo Lake. And on the Akosombo Lake, we have the Akosombo Dam. And our first president dammed that river, or made that man-made lake and dammed it. So by damming it, he knew that there's a certain power, there's a certain force that is resident in the water that can be used to produce electricity. And that's what is producing, I don't know the percentage, but more than 50% of the electricity we use in Ghana. Just one river, the damming of that one river. So our president knew that there is power that is resident in that water. And the only way we can access that power is to dam it. So now the issue is, what does it mean to dam a river? That one, I'll leave it for you. You can Google. <laughs> but now, let's go back to the scripture. The question is, how do we dam our river? Because now we know that when we believe on Jesus, when we believe in Jesus, when we express faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes. And when he comes, he comes along with power. But the power is not working. Remember our scripture, according to the power that works. So right now the issue is, how do we make or how do we access that power that is available in the rivers of the living waters? And that is by damming that power. So now the question is, how did or how do we damn the Holy Spirit? How do we do it? Let's see, how did Jesus do it? How did some people in the Bible do it? So we just take three examples. We want to know how did Jesus access the power of the Holy Spirit? Then we look at how did the apostles access the power of the Holy Spirit? And the second thing is, how did Papa Paul, <laughs> the last man standing, <laughs> how did Papa Paul access the power of the Holy Spirit? And that is how they dumped the power. That's how they dumped the river that was resident in them. That was how they transported or how they transformed the potential energy, the resident energy, the dormant energy into a working energy because God is only going to do exceedingly abundantly above 
all that you could ask or think of according to a power that is working in you. The power of the Holy Ghost in your life must be working. Matthew chapter 4. How did Jesus access the power? Matthew chapter 4. Wow, I believe you are studying something tonight. We need power. We need power to live the Christian life. We need power to forgive. We need power to walk in love. Oh, love is very difficult. Love, in fact, loving human beings is very... I always make this thing. I don't know if I'm correct, but loving God is easy. <laughs> but loving human beings is annoying. You know, loving God is easy because you know that, oh, God, yeah, he is God. So you, you can't bore. If God mafias you, Charlie, you just take it like that. <laughs> so I always say that, I always tell people in terms of relationship that even in a relationship with a perfect God, sometimes he breaks our hearts in quotes. He does some things actually to Job say, no, he slay me. <laughs> so sometimes God will slay you. <laughs> so even in a relationship, even if you are dating God, he slays you. <laughs> How much more if you are dating an imperfect, a bundle of imperfection as man, as me. So imagine you are dating me. You can imagine the slain of the slain you. Mercy. <laughs> Mercy to the person I'm slain. <laughs> That's just on the lighter note. Matthew chapter 4. This is about the temptation of Jesus. But we won't read the whole story because I believe we are really familiar with the whole story. But we just want to look at how Jesus accessed the power that was in the Holy Spirit. And come, let's use the one in Luke chapter 4. It gives us the sentence I'm looking for. Yes, let's start from the verse 1, Luke chapter 4. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan. So please, let's take note. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He had the Holy Spirit in him. He did have 90% or 99%. Look how Luke puts it. He was full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus was not just full, but he was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Yet still, it was not enough. So, sweetheart, it's not enough to be full of the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to be led by the Holy Spirit. You need the last thing, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That is Luke chapter 4, verse 1. You know what happened from the verse 2. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, he did not eat any temptation. Then let's go to the verse 14, or let's go to the verse 13. So, you know, from the verse 2 to the verse 13 or the verse 12, him and Satan were having a discourse. Now, let's look at the verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Now let's look at the verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Luke 4, 14. And Jesus returned in the ability to cause change of the Holy Spirit. Remember verse 1, he was full of it. He was led by it. So as many as are led by the sons of God, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. It was something that Jesus did from the verse 2 to the verse 12, that granted him access to the Holy Spirit. So immediately he finished that thing. The next verse was that, and he returned in the power. You remember the verse 1? And Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit was led. But in the verse 14, and he returned in the power. Jesus dubbed the Holy Spirit. And I hope I get in the context I'm saying it. He was able to access the power that was in the Holy Spirit. So the answer is in what happened between verse 2 and verse 12. If you don't know what happened, please get a vocabulary. That's how Jesus accessed the power. How did the apostles access the power? Acts chapter 1. I know you know the verse, but please, let's still read it. Now, you should understand this, that already in John chapter 20, after Jesus had resurrected, you know, 
and his resurrection was appearing to them in bits and pieces. <laughs> as in, he was appearing to them, <laughs> not in bits and pieces, as in fraction, but um, various times and in various ways, he appeared to the two disciples on their way to Emmaus. He appeared to them once without, the, in the absence of Thomas, he appeared to them again. And in John chapter 20, he appeared to them again. And the Bible said, after he said, bring me fish and let me eat the rest, the Bible said, and he breathed on them. And he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And you can be sure that when Jesus says, receive it or take it, you take it. <laughs> but when they say, take it, you don't take anything. <laughs> but Jesus gave them the Holy Spirit because he breathed on them and he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. But let's look at, let's look at Acts chapter 1 from the verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that, listen, so now Jesus is telling them that, I know you have received the Holy Spirit. So now he knows that, I know you are full of the Holy Spirit and I know you are led of the Holy Spirit. But that is not all. You need to be able to access the power. And Jesus is giving us the way to access the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says that, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you have heard of me. Then verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but we shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days, not many days hence. Verse 6, And when they had come together, he said unto them, Lord, will you restore the kingdom? They were thinking of <laughs> earthly kingdom because they knew that Jesus would be their deliverer. But Jesus said in the verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon them. So what was Jesus telling them? That you need to learn to wait. You need to learn to tarry in the presence of God. And that is what Jesus was doing for 40 days and for 40 nights in the wilderness. Learning to wait on God. So when we say down, I give you the assignment, but let me just help you. What does it mean to dam a water? To dam a water is a barrier that stops or restricts the flow of water. By so doing, they are able to produce a lot of energy that they use to drive the turbines, just if you are using it for electricity. So damming the river can be used for many things. And the main one of them is for electricity. But people can dam a river for irrigation, for industrial use, for aquaculture, and so many other things. But to access the power to the dam it, so that the energy that is in the water is used to run the turbines of the hydroelectricity power of well, the turbine that they used to generate the hydroelectricity power. And Luke is telling us that even though Jesus was full, even though he was led, he went to the wilderness to do something for 40 days and 40 nights. And that thing that he did is the same thing he's telling his disciples that I know you have received the Holy Spirit, but do not go, do not be in a hurry. Wait in Jerusalem till that power man comes. And when you have received that power, then you can go and be my witness. Let's look at the last example. How did Papa Paul access that power? Galatians chapter 1, from the verse 15. You know the story of Paul's conversion on his road to Damascus. Then um, Jesus appeared to him, a light, bright sun, it blinded him. And Jesus would tell Ananias that, Charlie, please go to a street called Street. <laughs> you meet Brother Saul over there and lay hands on him and etc. etc. Then I think Prophet Ananias thought that God had traveled. So he was updating God. That God, in case you are not aware, the man you are leading me to is the one who is killing us. They are telling me to go over there. <laughs> Jesus was like, I know what is going on. So he told him to go. And you know what happened? He prayed for him. The skills fell off. 
And if you read, immediately the scales fell off. He prayed and he fasted. He was fasting for three days. Immediately the scales fell off. But now let's look at Paul gives us a hint into what happened after that. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. But it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the hidden. He's talking about his conversion. That God chose Paul in his mother's room. God separated Paul that you, you would bear my name to the Jews, to the Gentiles, to the nobles, to the princes. Now Paul is telling us that in verse 60, let's take a look, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him to the hidden. Now look at what Paul tells us. That even though God has separated me, God has called me to preach. Listen to what he says in verse 16. Immediately, I did not confer with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem, to the apostles who were before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and stayed with him for 15 days. That is the secret to Paul's ministry. When God appeared to him, or when Jesus appeared to him, he said, I do not confer with flesh and blood. I did not go and sit papas and mamas down naturally. God has appeared to me. What should I do next? I'm the next big thing in town. I've seen a vision of Jesus. Which of you have seen a vision of Jesus? You saw Jesus in physical person. Me, I saw the glorified Jesus. I saw him in the sun. He spoke to me. He said, Paul, so, so. I said, no. He said, I did not confer with flesh and blood. He went into the desert called Arabia before he went back to Damascus. For three whole years, he was in the desert of Arabia for three whole years before he went back to Damascus. So after three years of waiting, of damning the Holy Spirit, of staying in the presence of God, alone with God, not with the apostles, not with papas and mamas, he learned to damn the Holy Spirit after three years. Then he went to see Papa Peter. And with Peter, he didn't even see Peter for just one day. He spent 15 good days with who we may call the Pope, the first Pope of the church, or the chief apostle. So what did Jesus do? Even though Jesus was full and he was lame, he still had a period of waiting for 40 days. Even though Jesus had breathed upon the disciples and they had received the Holy Spirit, he still told them, wait in Jerusalem. Damn the Holy Spirit. Stay in the Holy Spirit. Wait in the Holy Spirit. And Papa Paul, even though he had a vision of Jesus, even though he had an audible voice of Jesus, he had a heavenly vision. You know, in, in Acts chapter 19, verse 16, he said, Oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So even though he had heavenly visions, he did not quickly start out and make noise. But he went to the desert of Arabia and he went to Damascus for three whole years. And even when he came, he didn't just come on the scene. He still went to see Papa Peter for 15 good days, learning to wait in the presence of God. This is how he accessed the power of God when you learn to wait on God. So the scripture we quote very often is that they that wait upon the Lord, it is they whose strength shall be renewed. It is they who are able to access the strength of God. It is they who are able to access the strength that the Holy Spirit brings. It is they who are able to access the power that the Holy Spirit brings. So even though we have the river of living water, it is flowing, but the only way we can access the 
power in the river is by damming the river is by learning to stay in the presence of god is by learning to wait in the presence of god when you are being when you are able to do that you are accessing the power then our god will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could think or ask of according to the power that is now at work in you sweetheart the world responds to results if you are not aware so romans tells us that creation is eagerly waiting for our manifestation creation is not waiting for your presence creation knows that they are sons of god we have been making noise creation is aware but creation is not waiting for your presence creation is waiting for your manifestation and the instrument that you use to manifest is the power of god if you have not realized the world only responds to results the world does not respond to potential so for example i am in the football so that's the example i can give the world does not respond to people who have potential we have seen so many great footballers who everybody clearly knew that they had the potential to be great footballers but they never turned their potentials into anything so they do not command the respect of the football world i don't want to mention any name but we know people but this and again i can mention one name in ghana there was a young man called dominic adeya he took the world by storm when he was below the age of 20 in the world cup he was the best player in the world cup under 20 the whole world knew that he had the power the potential to be a top class player but immediately after that tournament nobody knew where he went because the world does not respond to potentials the world responds to results so no matter how gifted you may be no matter how intelligent you may be if you do not have results to show we are not interested if you do not have fruits to show we are not interested if you do not have a power to show we are not interested so daniel tells us that it is they who know their god and how do you know somebody is by staying with the person is by being with the person so jesus said that he appointed these people that he that they may stay with him that he may send them forth before he could send them forth they needed to stay with him they needed to access that energy in the rivers of living waters then they could have access to that power and it's only then that the world will listen to you when you'll be able to access that power so in everybody's life there's always that season of waiting there's always that season where you must be at the back side of the wilderness where you are damming the power of god inside you there's always that season where you'll be looking after sheep and after the, the, your father's goats what is happening that god is teaching you god is nurturing you in the school of the wilderness where you learn how to in the presence of God where you learn how to damn the presence of God so immediately David came on the scene the first thing he took down was Goliath the first thing he took down was Goliath and immediately he took down Goliath the world responded to him because the world only responds to results the next prayer topic that God wants you to pray consistently in the year 2021 is father grace to stay with you because it is when you know how to stay with God then you can access the power of God and when that power is now at work in you then our God will do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask of or think of learn to stay with God each day so i have this statement i make that spending time with God each day is the most important activity in your day 
Because it is that period of the day where you damn the Holy Spirit and you access the power of the Holy Spirit. It is that period in the day where you exchange your weaknesses for the strength of God. It is that period in the day where you exchange your anxieties for the peace of God. It is that period of the day where you exchange your foolishness for the wisdom of God. It is that period of the day where you exchange your selfishness for the love of God. Is that period of the day where you exchange your self-centeredness for your God-centeredness? Is that period of the day where you access the power of God? So it is very important every day to have a period where you stay with God, where you access the power. And occasionally, you should have longer period. That's why I think in an episode I did previously, I said, as the year comes to an end, learn to spend that time with God. You gather a little energy for the next year. It's very important because it is through that period that you are able to access the power in the rivers of living waters that is flowing in you. In the year 2021, pray for grace that Father, may I not go a day without time. You may call it quiet time. You may call it morning devotion. You may call it anyhow you want to call it, but it is simply a period of the day where you are staying in the presence of God. Where you are saying, God, I am foolish. Take my foolishness. I want to know which girl to date. I want to know which of the proposals to say yes to. So God, I am not wise enough to take that decision. God, take my foolishness and give me your wisdom. You are worried about the job situation in your country. You are worried about the health of a loved one. You are worried about your, your academics. You are worried about your health. You are worried about something. It is that period of the day that you learn to wait on God because they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. I'm already extra preaching. So I'd like to stop here, even as we spend some time in prayer. And our prayer is simple. Father, grace to stay. Grace to stay. Grace to stay. Grace to spend time with you daily. Grace to have that period in my life where I can stay with you. I know I am full of the Holy Spirit. I need that working power in my life because it is that power that will give me the energy to live the Christian life. The Bible says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. The Bible says, vengeance is of the Lord. Leave it to the Lord. I don't have the energy to leave vengeance to the Lord. I need the power. I need that power to say, God, you take the lead. God, you take the lead. God, I need that power to live the Christian life. God, I need that power to serve you. I need that power to be a child of God. Let us spend some time, even as we enjoy, even as we stay in God's presence as this music plays at the background. Speak to God in your heart. You have been busy throughout the day. You are too busy. You are too busy. You are too busy, sweetheart. You have told yourself you are too busy. Even Daniel, who was a minister, who was a president of kingdoms and nations, he still had time to stay with God three times a day. He still had time to stay with God. Even David, who was a president, who was a military man, who was a psalmist, who was a poet, still had time in a day to stay with God. You also need to have that time to stay with God. In the year 2021, pray for grace to stay with God. Speak to God. Speak to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for enlightening us. For indeed, the entrance of your word bring a forth life. Father, we pray for grace to kill every excuse, everything that has been robbing us from accessing the power that is available in us. 
for we know that you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask of or think or imagine but all these things you will do is according it's alone it is down from the power that is not just resident in us but the power that is working in us we pray for grace that we would learn to stay in our jerusalem for that promise we pray for grace that we would learn to stay in our arabia for that promise we pray for grace that we will be able to stay in our wilderness for that promised power to be and to live the christian life we thank you for the gift of the holy spirit our comforter our advocate our standby our strengthener our counselor our teacher our guide and the holy spirit our source of power in the name of our lord jesus amen and amen god bless you all so much and we really appreciate your presence and i believe you have consistently been praying the prayers that god has laid upon our hearts throughout the day throughout the week we are praying for a contrite and a broken heart we are praying for wisdom we are praying for the will of god and now we are praying for grace to learn to stay to damn the holy spirit in our lives god bless you so much we have two more prayer topics to go in this series remember to give god your best and to make sure that in the year 2021 and beyond you do not owe anybody anything Stop owing your employer honesty. Stop owing your employer time consciousness. Stop owing your employer diligent work and start owing him only thing love. God bless you for being around and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.